Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Happy pre-can to all who observe. Friday afternoon, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN Plus, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speaker. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol. Amber Wilson uh, down there in Florida winning the location battle. You can uh, join the Bristol, pro. Connecticut is beautiful. What do you mean? That's very true. I mean, you saw it in the spotty Wi-Fi that I had earlier today in the pre-show call, right? The Zoom. <laughs> that was strange that you had spotty Wi-Fi on the ESPN campus. Like, that seems like something yes. that we should be doing a little better at, maybe, uh, is the Wi-Fi service. But <laughs> it, you were sitting outside, and so I think that Connecticut's just not really used to people sitting outside. Maybe that's the problem. You can do it a couple months out of the year, and uh, this happened to be one of those months. Yeah, and it turns out the Wi-Fi is better like in the actual physical buildings, and everybody on the call knew it. And here I was. It was one of those things where you're on a call with someone, and you're talking, talking, talking. You go on like the most poetic. You're making the best crystallized, efficient point of your life on this call, and the only reply you get is, Randy's frozen. <laughs> Randy's frozen. And that and you can't repeat it. You can't possibly recapture that greatness, so you just move on. And that's sort of how, how the call went. You can call into this program, the call in line. Thank you for asking. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're asking you on the slate tonight, which quarterback are you most looking forward to seeing tonight as the NFL preseason truly is underway? Falcons-Lions is one of the games. Browns-Jaguars the other. Uh, Cardinals-Bengals, Jets-Eagles, Packers-49ers. Some of these playoff games. Or at least playoff caliber, to be sure. Um, Looking at the Packers and the Niners in that one. But obviously the conversation tonight is on the anticipated preseason debut of Deshaun Watson in a Browns uniform. And Tony Rizzo, host of the really big show on ESPN 850 in Cleveland, is with us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, which is presented by Progressive Insurance. And want to start with this, Tony, is Dan Graziano. I know you're aware, but we're telling the audience here, tweeting our ESPN insider, I'm told by sources we will not get a Deshaun Watson decision today, which means we should expect to see him tonight uh, in Browns-Jaguars preseason action. What do Browns fans, Tony, the ones calling your show, tweeting at you, all of it, what do they want to see from Watson tonight? Well, Randy and Amber, thank you for having me on, number one. Um, First of all, let me say this. Fans are going to be amazed. I know there's a rust factor out there because Deshaun Watson missed all of last season. Based on what we've seen in training camp, there is no rust. He looks absolutely fantastic. And the, the fact that Dan just tweeted that puts our mind at ease as Browns fans because we're, our fear was that he would be warming up at 6 o'clock and some kind of decision would come down and they would pull him off the field. The other strange thing is that Kevin Stefanski, coach of the Browns, has really given Watson a lot of reps and a lot of first-team reps in training camp. So whichever, I'll, I'll defer to Amber, she's the, the lawyer in this, but whichever which way this goes, it sounds as if the Browns expect him to play at some point this season, and they feel like knocking the rust off tonight is a must. 
They do seemingly feel like that, Tony. And uh, most people on the outside looking in feel like that this is going to be at least an increased suspension. Assuming that's the case, then, how much are Browns focused on Jacoby Brissett, right? Because it's not just Watson that you need to see things from. But what's strange to me, just from a football perspective, is you're starting Watson. And yes, he's there's a rust factor there. He's got to get assimilated, obviously, to that offense. But then we might not see him for even if we see him again this season you know it's if it's an increased suspension you know maybe we're not seeing him for 10 more weeks into the season and yet you're maybe seeing Jacoby Brissett under center that whole time how does the Browns fan feel about that how much of that is part of the analysis or is just all the focus on Watson right now well it it's funny we ran a poll on our show earlier this week would you rather see Jacoby Brissett for eight games and then or 10 games and Deshaun Watson the rest of the way or Jimmy Garoppolo for 17 games, and it was split right down the middle, like Mm. 52-48. I've heard that uh, he turned down 12 and wanted 8. I think they're going to meet somewhere in the middle right about now. I think you're looking at a 10-game, 7.5 million. Um, I know that the uh, adjudicator in this place wants them to come to a settlement rather than have you know, to have to rule on this thing. So I think that's what they're holding out for. Now, whether or not the NFL takes 10 and seven and a half, I don't know. Will they demand 12? I don't know. But the feeling with Browns fans are right now or is that if Jacoby Brissett has to play eight games, the Browns would still be in the playoff hunt. And then Watson would come back 10 games. I don't know. Do they go to Garoppolo? If it's 10, do they go to him? If it's 12, they can afford him. They have salary cap space, but that would be an awkward position. And I know the Browns like what Jacoby Brissett has done in camp so far, and they love what he did in the OTAs, and they're pretty confident going forward that he could at least get a 500 record until Watson is back, and that's what the fans are looking for. We're talking with Tony Rizzo, host of the really big show on the ESPN 850 radio uh, in Cleveland on Canteen Carlin on ESPN radio, Amber Wilson and, and Randy Scott in for the guys. We were running through our biggest concerns for a handful of teams playing tonight, and one of them actually ours, our joint concern here, independent of each other, Tony, for the Browns, was the pass-catching group. Uh, regardless of quarterback. I feel like you know what you yeah. get in Jacoby Brissett, and certainly we know that the ceiling is much higher with Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson if and when uh, he plays for this team. But what level of confidence is there, or concern level maybe, however you want to take it, uh, in the pass catchers now that Amari Cooper is the number one receiver and, and guys like Jarvis Landry and obviously OBJ uh, having been gone there from Cleveland? That's probably the weakness of the Browns right now. And I saw somebody from ESPN.com do a, every team's weakness going into the season, and it was certainly wide receiver. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a guy that the Browns are counting on. Anthony Schwartz has not had a great camp. He's missed time with an injury. Uh, he's had some drop passes, even though it's training camp. And a lot of people feel like the Browns are going to go through these three preseason games, and then when cuts come, it would not be shocking if they added a wide receiver. They probably need help in the wide receiver room uh, David Njoku got a big deal, but he's still unproven, still young, fifth year in the league, but still unproven. And that's certainly an area fans are looking at like the Browns have to improve. 
Tony Rizzo, host of The Really Big Show on ESPN 850 in Cleveland, joining us. Tony, real quick, going back to the Deshaun Watson thing, I couldn't agree with you more in terms of I think what Peter C. Harvey is doing here is hoping that the two sides settle because typically in this situation, you don't want to make a decision if you don't have to make a decision. So there probably are some negotiations going on, but we're not going to get a decision today. We know that. There's been another storyline, though, beyond Deshaun Watson coming out of Brown's training camp, and that's Kareem Hunt. Apparently, he wants a trade. He requested a trade. Doesn't seem like Cleveland is going to give in. I think officially he was holding in, but I don't think he is holding in anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tony. He's back to practicing. I mean, how should they go ahead and proceed with this Kareem Hunt situation? Well, the Browns are loaded at running back. Okay. Now, I have to say, fans love Kareem Hunt. He's a local kid. As you guys know, he led the league in rushing a few years ago. And if you were to get rid of him, you would lose something. But they drafted the Ford kid out of Cincinnati. They love Ernest Johnson. And that's probably one of the deepest position groups that the team has right now. Wouldn't surprise me if Hunt was traded. But if the Browns are really serious about going all in for a Super Bowl this year, disgruntled or not, I think they would take Kareem Hunt. All right, Tony, we appreciate the insight. I know it's going to be an eventful evening for you guys. Uh, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight. Honestly. Fans, guys, I want, you, I want you to know how hard this has been. I've covered a team since the late 80s, and – even for the Browns, okay, <laughs> this is absurd. This this preseason, this is usually the time where Browns fans can enjoy. We haven't had a lot of successful seasons since 99, mm-hmm. and this is a time to get excited, and nobody could really get excited because there's so many uncertainties out there. So appreciate it very much. All right, Tony, thank you for the time again. Tony Rizzo, host of the really big show on ESPN 850 uh, in Cleveland. We have another team that has another concern at the same running back position, but the larger issue is up front. We're going to get up and get down with Amber Wilson and Randy Scott. Canty and Carlin next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Not filling in for the guys. Was this supposed to be you driving and not me, right? I just want to hear the music. For I just a sec. jumped in because you were dancing. And I so was. I was like, I got confused in my head for a moment. Yeah. I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be on? And a no, I wasn't it. supposed to be on. Randy Scott was just living it up in the moment. Just, and I just trampled your moment. Just full on chair dancing. We spent the entire break <laughs> listening 
and absorbing and aggressively agreeing with compliments about because this is our first this is our first show together. We're gonna do a show. We're gonna do a show weekly during the college football season at, at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, which is where you're listening to Canty and Carlin right now. And it's presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Randy Scott. The call in line eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Which quarterback are you most looking forward to seeing tonight in preseason action? And I'm laughing because I mean, really, it was like, hey, for the first time. Everything was couched, by the way. It was not an aggressive, over-complimentary uh, session. But everything was like, hey, for the first time you guys working together, like it's decent chemistry. You guys are sharing the ball well. And that's what we said. We were like, yeah, we're allowing each other to talk. And we're sharing the ball and signaling each other because you're in Florida and I'm in Bristol. And right, right out of that, what happens? Right what out happens? of that, I just I just take over the mm-hmm. ball, I just hog it, and I mm-hmm. do your job. But really, I think I, I feel like I was helping you out because you were enjoying the music so much. You were lost in the moment. I was. You were doing some aggressive chair dancing. It concerned me. I was confused what was happening, and I felt the need apparently to take over the show. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> it really was. It was. It was that, and that's fine. And old Amber Wilson Boulevard is a one way street. I've learned it, <laughs> and uh, now we can get on with the get on with the program. This is a new segment. This is something that that Evan has taken a lot of pride in. Uh, It's his baby. It's been rave reviews. A lot of those reviews coming from Evan himself. It's called Get Up, Get Down, where we listen to something that Chris Canty said on Get Up this morning, and then we we just get down with it. And I've already covered the get down process, aforementioned chair dancing, but this is what Chris Canty said that he saw in the Giants' preseason debut win over the Patriots last night. No doubt about it. I mean, you're talking about an organization that has invested two top ten picks in their offensive line over the last three drafts, and they're not getting the return on investment. You saw some big shots taken by the Patriots defense on Daniel Jones. The Josh Uche sack with the Jennings hit, the Mac Wilson hit. Those things can't happen. The Giants have to clean that up if they're going to get the best out of Daniel Jones and get him to cut down on the turnovers. All right. You hear that. And how do we get down with it, Amber? Because the man has a point. The man wore the uniform, played for the franchise, knows the battle in the trenches, and know that knows that that is something the Giants have lost for the better part of the last decade. You hear that, and you think what? Well, I think we spend a lot of our time when we talk about the New York Giants talking about Daniel Jones, and maybe to a lesser extent, Saquon Barkley. And of course, there's obvious reasons for that. But I guess to Canty's point, there are other concerns on this Giants team beyond those two guys. And the O-line has been a concern for this Giants team for a long time now. I mean, you're talking about the worst unit on this team last year. It got a big makeover for this season. They did bring in Evan Neal, their first round pick. They did bring in some other names like John Feliciano, who last year was with Buffalo. They have tried to make over this team. Dayball has had a lot of impact on this team with a lot of Buffalo-like acquisitions for a good reason. And by all accounts, a lot of people are very high on Dayball being the right hire for this team. But it's a complicated offense that he runs. And so that doesn't probably help matters here. And then the way that Daniel Jones looks anyways with his decision-making doesn't help matters here. So there are a lot of concerns on this Giants team. And I don't know if last night did much to quiet those concerns for Giants fans. It didn't. It absolutely didn't. We it's not a, it's never a sexy draft pick. Air quotes sexy here in this age of fantasy football or quite frankly the age of who you pay attention to when you're watching college football in the tri-state area. You know who Alabama is, you don't know who Evan Neal is until your team drafts him in the first round. Okay, you know, Jameson Williams, you know, the Bryce Young, you know, the running backs, you don't know the guys in the trenches 
until your team drafts them. And then when you do know them in the preseason debut, they are turnstiled by a Patriots defensive front that is, quite frankly, nothing to write home about. So it was an inauspicious debut, to say the least, for Evan Neal. You could say that he's not the only issue, and you wouldn't be you know, incorrect there on the offensive line. But you, it, it, just, it just tempers your excitement. If you're a Giants fan and Saquon Barkley is healthy, and you're looking for he's in a contract year, and you're looking for something from the running back position, and you look at how he also is running for his life, and you're reminded, quite frankly, when he's not catching passes out of the backfield of how mitigated his own talent and burst is because he Amber he did he looked healthy mm-hmm. he looked explosive but for how long will that be the case if he's running for his life and dodging injury like he did before he got hurt. Yeah, that's even a bigger concern to me than Daniel Jones. And we know Saquon's in a contract year, so he's going to have all the motivation in the world, but we also know how that position ages and the problems with that position, and he's already experienced those problems in terms of his health. But I think the bigger disappointing thing here is not only did you spend the draft capital on the O-line and bringing in Evan Neal, which, by golly, I can relate to that as a Miami Dolphins fan. We've always had a terrible O-line and yet somehow drafted alignment every single year in the first round it's wildly disappointing when they don't pan out but the Giants also paid this O-line as well I mean they handed a multi-year contract to a free agent in Mark Lewinsky they spent money on Max Garcia like they brought in pieces to try to shore up this O-line beyond just the draft capital that they spent on this line it is a big problem because you can't possibly expect Daniel Jones who I think frankly they're already out on or they would have picked up his first year, fifth year option like I'm already not sold on him, but you can't expect him to prove them wrong for not picking up his fifth year option if he spends the game on his back. And you can't expect Saquon to show that he can stay healthy if he's getting hit constantly or show that he's worth the money in a contract year if he if there's no holes for him to run through. So I, I think that this is just a very large issue. One of many, though, for frankly, the New York Giants. It's Amber Wilson and Randy Scott in for the guys. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, The biggest concern for the Giants, if we're being quite honest, is the quarterback play. But it is all hinged upon how much time Daniel Jones has. And I don't want to hear the argument. It's It's an easy one. It's kind of a lazy one to say, hey, Tyrod Taylor, quicker on his feet. He'd be a better option. He'd extend plays, whatever. Daniel Jones is fast. Daniel Jones is good on his feet. And last night... Okay, you can look at some of the sacks that were given up by the Giants' offensive line. Uh, Daniel Jones only took one. Was he hurried a few times? Sure. But there's only one blemish on that box score. There's only one sack officially in the stat and in the game film. And actually, this is Patricia Trena, who actually writes for GiantsCountry.com. She quotes pro football focus, I believe, and says that Jones had an average of 2.74 seconds to throw. Five of his six completions were for first down, so these were not dinks or dunks. He was pushing the ball down the field, and he did have two bad drops by his receivers. Not his fault. Kenny Galladay was awful. Kenny Galladay dropped a ball inside the five-yard line last night. The numbers could have been even better, she points out. So it is one thing to say that Evan Neal got turnstiled. Maybe you want to say he's you know, a first-round pick that was over his skis a little bit in his first NFL action. You want to look back at the number 4 overall pick back in 2020. Andrew Thomas didn't look great. But if the offensive line gave Jones that much time and Jones was able to put up those numbers with it, 
I think you'll take that over the course of a regular season if you're the Giants. And yet I think Giants fans are already screaming for Tyrod Taylor, right? And Tyrod Taylor's contract is interesting because it is a contract that is structured based pay-wise. It adjusts whether he starts or not. So there's already that recognition from Tyrod Taylor's camp in structuring this contract that maybe at some point here he's going to end up the starter over Daniel Jones. My concern with going down that route, route though, Randy, is like, Tyrod Taylor is not going to be the future of the of the Giants, right? Like, I think we know that. And so don't you have to give Daniel Jones every opportunity here to solidify the fact that he ain't it either when he was, you know, the sixth overall pick in 2019? Like, I feel like what's the purpose of turning over the keys to Tyrod Taylor? You're not winning a Super Bowl with Tyrod Taylor anyways. You've got to give Daniel Jones a full opportunity here to prove. Well, I mean, you hope he proves you wrong, but to prove to you that you didn't pick up that fifth-year option for a reason and that he's just not going to pan out as a starting quarterback in this league. You just want a definitive answer. You just do not want to be in no man's land uh, in that position at all. So that's get up, get down. Congratulations to Evan Wilner. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. And now a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That's it. See? Just a good old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or progressive.com. So that's the biggest concern for the Giants. What about other NFC East teams? All right, that is after Amber has this from Indeed. When you're running your own business, the last thing you need is running into problems hiring. So check out Indeed. The all-in-one hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. With tools like Instant Match, the moment you sponsor a post, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can then invite them to apply, schedule, and conduct interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions may apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Jump in quickly. I got to jump in quickly before Amber jumps in. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speaker, ESPN Plus, however you found us. We're glad you did. Even you were chair dancing that time, so I, was I didn't not, get confused. The music is, is, it gets me fired up in a different way. I'll say that. Uh, she's Amber Wilson. She's down there in uh, in Florida. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, at ESPN Radio is the, is the Twitter handle for the show. 888-SAY-ESPN is the phone number. 
888-729-3776. Which quarterback are you most excited to see? Are you most looking forward to seeing play uh, tonight in the NFL preseason slate as it truly gets underway? First uh, NFL preseason game for a handful of teams tonight. Falcons, Lions, Browns, Jaguars, Cardinals, Bengals, Jets, Eagles, and Packers and 49ers. And we have this news. This is moments ago. This is Jake Trotter reporting this. He's our, our ESPN Browns reporter. It's, uh, it's just announced, okay? So Amari Cooper, Miles Garrett, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb not playing tonight. Oh, by the way, neither is Jacoby Brissett. What? Not going to play tonight. It's so, so bizarre. What's, what? It is. It, it's not not bizarre because, okay, we, Deshaun Watson's going to play. We haven't gotten word from the league. We haven't gotten word, uh, the, uh, you know, on, on the NFL suspension of his, uh, rather, appeal of his six-game suspension. So... Behind Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson, who will play, it's Josh Rosen and Joshua Dobbs. I mean, that's who we're going to... I don't know. I, Amber, on the one hand, this is protecting your week one starter. Right now, the week one starter is Jacoby Brissett. It's not rare for your starting quarterback to not play in the first preseason game, I guess. It's not, unless you have questions about your week one starter, which I feel like we do when it comes to Jacoby Brissett. But yeah, that's obviously the move here is the Browns are functioning as if Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback that you have to protect. They're not so worried about protecting Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson will have at least six weeks to recover from injury anyways, even if he was to get injured in tonight's (laughs) game. So there is that factor, right? And then, so you have an opportunity, I guess, to get him assimilated to this offense in some real game action and not be so worried about what happens to him from that perspective and then I guess it's an opportunity to get your backups some reps in terms of Josh Rosen and Josh Dobbs I'm just surprised because it's not just Deshaun Watson getting assimilated to this offense but it's Jacoby Brissett who's going to have a monumental task it appears this season of starting a significant portion of the season for the Cleveland Browns I'm surprised that they wouldn't already want to get that process going but I guess that they've decided that he's just too important and they got to protect him in this position. Yeah, you know, and I'm looking at it as well, and I'm looking at this tweet from uh, from Jake Trotter. And again, this is the Browns announcing it. It's not necessarily uh, breaking news, but it is interesting news. So um, no Amari Cooper, no Kareem Hunt. I'm keeping it on the offensive side. And no Nick Chubb. Now, the Kareem Hunt side of this, he's effectively a holdout right now for the Browns. Um, you know, he's choosing a time to do this where he knows it's not going to be the main story for his for his own team. I mean, the focus remains at the quarterback position and remains at uh, at Deshaun Watson. But how much of a how much of an eval on Deshaun Watson are you going to get when his top two running backs aren't playing and when his top receiver isn't playing? So you know what I mean? Like, not that you need, right? Like I guess. retreating, right? Like he's he's practicing with the second and third team, essentially, right? Like he's going out yeah. there and playing with the second and third team, and and yet, obviously, if he's actually in game action at some point this season, he will be with the first team. So how effective is this? How good are we going to see him look? I, I guess the Browns feel confident enough about what they've seen in training camp that they want to go out there, maybe give their fans a little excitement in terms of Deshaun Watson. I mean, we can all have our own feelings about that because I think outside of Cleveland, probably people feel a little bit differently about Deshaun Watson starting tonight, getting the start tonight. But with the Browns, I guess they're the philosophy is let's go ahead and, and get him out there because we don't know when we're going to have an opportunity to get him in front of our fans again or to get him in game action with any team. So let's not worry so much about the fact that he's not going to be out there with the first team. I, I The way yeah. they're handling this all is like a little confusing to me, frankly. I mean, but I guess... 
I mean, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this game, Randy. That's the reality of it. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this game because people are going to be curious to see how Deshaun Watson looks. Yeah, you know, we had Tony Rizzo on from ESPN Radio in Cleveland, and we were sort of, you know, getting a feel for the lay of the land, right? And it literally and figuratively, and trying to figure out what fans wanted to see from him tonight. And it, it, it certainly sounded like fans wanted a reason to be excited that there's been so much trepidation so much okay when are we allowed to get excited about this team and excited about what's ahead of it and I have no sympathy for the Browns Um, I have sympathy for the Browns fans because they didn't ask for this but I have no sympathy for the Browns I knew what they were getting into you knew the risk that your franchise was taking when you pursue a player like this and you sign a player like this to that contract Um, I wonder though from a Browns standpoint what this does, are you effectively flushing one of now three preseason games? If if you're looking at this as a chance for reps, as a chance for competitive action, as a chance to get tw- all 22 film on and make your roster decisions, how effective are those decisions? How effective is your game material in those decisions that need to be made? And I just feel like by this one decision in signing and bringing in Deshaun Watson and knowing the baggage attached and the suspension attached and knowing what he was accused of, you've mortgaged at the very best and hurt and harmed actively so. At the very worst, you're both immediate and long-term franchise future. Potentially so. I think that this evaluation process in terms of football, again, with Deshaun Watson is going to take, frankly, beyond this season to complete. We're probably yeah. not talking about a story that we can really reflect upon for a couple years from now because it seems like he's going to be suspended for a significant portion of the season. So it right. may be very difficult to evaluate, particularly if they have Jacoby Brissett out there for something like 10 games or 12 games or whatever it ends up being. I mean, forget about the possibility of it being yeah. an entire season. I do wonder, though, Randy, because this thought just occurred to me as you were speaking. I do wonder, is the Browns' philosophy let's go ahead and put Deshaun Watson in front of America now in preseason game one when nothing matters and then maybe it won't be as shocking if at some point we do see it during the season because we know that the coverage and the storylines and everything that surrounds this and that is not going away anytime soon even after he serves his suspension but I do wonder if they are sort of putting him in front of us now for a reason to kind of get it over with on preseason game one yes like a soft launch. Amber, that's Let's see a, what we're in for in terms of coverage. No, that, and that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, like honestly, like getting it out of the way now. That is a great way of putting it. We got all the attention on the Browns tonight because of this news comes in from the Browns saying that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Amari Cooper and Jacoby Persett will not play tonight. But the defending AFC champions are back in action. No Joe Burrow. But what is the biggest concern for the Bengals this season? Canton Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Randy Scott, and for the guys. That's next to ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. In Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus. Ryan Reynolds, Amber Wilson, uh, spent more than $2.7 million on, uh, well, I don't want to call it a minor league English uh, football club, but but it's it's not a premier league club because that price tag would have been a lot more. Uh, bought it with his friend Rob McElhinney from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia fame. Rob is married, and so is uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, though, didn't tell his wife uh, actress Blake Lively about the purchase. Um, again, two point seven million dollars for a guy by a lot of uh, a quick Google search is worth one hundred and fifty million dollars. I'm wondering, as the only 
married member of this program currently uh, on air, Evan, uh, on air, uh, how that sits with you. Like, what what is the threshold for a purchase, a monetary amount where you feel like one spouse has to tell the other? Well, I think you have to take this into context, right? Two point seven five million in my household, and two point seven five million <laughs> in Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's household. A thing might be two different things, so we have to start there. But the idea of buying a Welsh soccer team, like the idea of buying an entire—I I don't have much experience operating in the hundreds of millions, but. Even so, the idea of buying an actual soccer team and just not telling your significant other, that bothers me more than the actual price tag of this thing. Because, I mean, I'm very transparent about my life on air. Me and my husband are both attorneys. We do not share bank accounts. We do not share money. Okay, so I can go spend (laughs) what I want to spend. He can go spend what he wants to spend. But we wouldn't be able to purchase something of this like i can't what would even be comparable to this in our in our in our more meager lives here as regular people randy scott like what could be like in a welsh soccer team too i don't know but i kind of can't imagine doing it's like buying like a new car or something and not telling your spouse you know like some significant purchase for the rest of us it just seems odd even if you're not sharing bank accounts it seems really weird it is a significant purchase to be sure the the quote is hilarious he's like i remember seeing blake and saying quote i have bad news and i have really bad news the bad news is i slipped into someone's dms again the really bad news is i might have bought half of a fifth tier national football league in wales and i guess for me the 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 cynic maybe what does what is the whole like i want to know the reason behind the why it's one thing to not tell your wife, but why didn't you tell your wife? Well, because it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission, right? I'm sure that okay. that is exactly what he would say. I feel like that's what men say. Yeah, apparently. Got some familiarity with us. Lively didn't react super well to it, and Ryan Reynolds joked that the two are still working through that one, his words. They're a hilarious uh, you know, couple. They are a hilarious couple, and they have the money to spend. Canty and Carlin, more of it on the way, ESPN Radio. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, your smart speakers. We're just we're upping the energy here, all right? Upping it. Got the NFL live music in the background. Amber Wilson, Randy Scott with you as Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. The call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which quarterback are you most looking forward to seeing tonight in preseason action? We'll get to those as they come in. Let's continue just being negative, Amber. Let's just be <laughs> What's the biggest concern? We're running through our biggest concerns for teams playing tonight as there is probably the biggest slate, right, of NFL football in the preseason thus far. Biggest concern for the teams playing tonight. Amber, the first one is for you. Your biggest concern about the Jets is what? I think my biggest concern about the Jets, and maybe some people would say that quarterback position, but I'll say the guys tasked with protecting that quarterback position, right? I I think that there's a lot of questions around this O-line. Mekhi Becton was a player who, in his rookie season, looked like he was a breakout star. His sophomore campaign was a very tough one. He struggled from camp on, then he suffered that season-ending knee injury right away. I mean, and he does not look necessarily like the same player that we saw in this rookie year, and now he's also changing positions on that O-line. 
line as well. So there is a lot that has been thrown at this line. I know the Jets have done what they can to try to improve this thing, which is why Mekhi Becton's being slid over. But I think there's a lot of questions when you're talking about a quarterback going into his sophomore year. Zach Wilson's going to need some protection to get anything done, Randy. Yeah, your quarterback is only as good as his offensive line. He has to have the opportunity, as you said, to be on his two feet and not on his back. But the man played 13 games last year. He had nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions. You cannot have a negative touchdown-interception ratio. You cannot throw behind your receivers. You cannot rely upon a BYU A-plus caliber arm to succeed and get you out of trouble at the NFL level. It gets you into more trouble than you have. So my concern is the quarterback. That is my biggest concern for the Jets this season. I feel like he has the weapons. I believe in Garrett Wilson. I think Mims is good. I think Elijah Moore is good. I think Brees Hall is good. Corey Davis has been proven to be at least a chain mover. But Wilson is the straw that stirs this thing, and you're going to get your answer one way or the other this season, and I'm, I'm concerned about what that answer might be. Now, the next one. Eagles on the other sideline. Your biggest concern for the Eagles. Why don't I start with this one? That's how we did the last segment, right, Amber? So I'll Let's take go. this one. You're driving. My be- <laughs> In case anybody was confused, I was confused earlier. Randy's driving, so you go ahead and take... Do Set this up however you want to set it up. Go. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest concern for the Eagles is in the secondary. I believe in Jalen Hurts. I believe Miles Sanders is mad. I think sometimes it doesn't matter if you're a franchise who your guy is mad at. You just want him to run angry, run mad, run PO'd. The fact that he's mad at his own team, fine, fine. We, we just motivated him. That's it. He wants a new contract. He's upset that those conversations aren't going on. Fine. But Miles Sanders is determined. Miles Sanders is angry. He's going to take some of the onus off of Jalen Hurts. I believe in A.J. Brown. And I actually like some of what I've seen about Jalen Hurts, some of the reports we've seen from Eagles training camp. But the secondary has to improve. It was leaky in the last game that we saw. We saw him against Tom Brady and company, and they were gashed for big plays. Dak Prescott's in that division. I think the commanders take a step with Carson Wentz. The division didn't get worse. Okay, the division got better. I even think the the Giants will be a little bit better offensively. You need to see more from the Eagles secondary. If the defense can carry its water, I think it's the Eagles division to lose. I really do. I believe in them. What's your biggest concern, Amber? Well, see, this is why I shouldn't have let you drive, and I should have just jumped in, because my biggest concern is also the secondary for this Eagles team. It is, because they did a lot to improve in terms of their pass rush, but they didn't do much to upgrade a secondary that allowed opposing quarterbacks to complete nearly 70 percent of their pass attempts last season. They've got a giant void opposite of Darius Slay. It's a real problem for this Eagles teams. I'm with you. I am not going Jalen Hurts in this conversation. I've always been a fan of Jalen Hurts. I'm hoping that he can do more with his arm and, and really prove that he is the answer there in Philadelphia this season. I'm rooting for him at the helm, but I do think that secondary is a legitimate problem on that defense. All right, let's get to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals in action tonight against the Bengals. Listen, Super Bowl preview, fine. Go out on a limb and say it. Amber was saying it pre-meeting. I'll just say what you said, that you like the Cardinals and the Bengals as a Super Bowl matchup. I mean, no one, no one, no one has said that. Not <laughs> not me or I'm speaking for, I think, maybe the nation. You think the Cardinals are making the Super Bowl? I'm Listen, saying what they you had, what, the best said. record through the first however many games of the Biggest season concern. it was last season, and then the wheels fell off. I, I, have, a, I have some concerns for this team, Do but it. I guess my number one concern for this team would be that I don't know Cliff Kings, I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury, as cool as his house is, I don't know if he's the right coach to ever get them to a Super Bowl. So I'm right. not putting them in the Super Bowl this season by any means. I mean, the biggest knock against him is that his teams have a knack 
knack for falling off. They have a knack for falling off in games. They have a knack for falling off in the season. And that's exactly what his Arizona Cardinals did this past season. I'm going to need to see more from him Mm -hmm. as a head coach before I can even start unpacking some of the other potential problems with this Arizona Cardinals team. I have a a concern with the pass catchers. Obviously, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. Marquise Brown could face some discipline for the league for his uh, uh, reckless driving, his excessive speeding uh, arrest earlier this month. All right, biggest concern for the Bengals, Amber. Your biggest concern for Cincinnati, the AFC champions, is what? I mean, the obvious one here, I think, is that O-line, right? Like, they've done what they can to try to make that O-line better, but that was the biggest concern coming out of last season. How much time Joe Burrow spent on his back. It was remarkable that they made it to a Super Bowl. It was remarkable that he didn't get injured again. I'm going to need to see what they did in the offseason come to fruition here. They they sacked Joe Burrow. The Titans did nine times in that playoff game. Cincinnati was still able uh, to win, obviously. I believe they've addressed the offensive line. My concerns on the defensive side, I think the offense is going to be exactly what it was, if not even a little bit smoother and more efficient this season because of the offensive line play. I need to see more from the secondary. I need to see more. I think up front Cincinnati's, I mean, I don't want to have this much confidence this early in Cincinnati, but if their secondary can improve even slightly, I feel like they're going to make a deep playoff run again. Uh, Amber Stundler, one quarterback, not starting his team's preseason opener. Find out who that is next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.